Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode... We might have answers. We'll try our best. If you've got ideas for future episodes... We need them. Thank you. Please contact us. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was. If you would have been saying that, I would have said that. Awesome. Well, well done, good and faithful servant. So if you have questions or ideas, contact us. You can email us using the email address of ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. You could also choose to tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle at sfdiocese and the hashtag ignition best to be applied to get, find it, your, our, it to us. <laughs> Best practices recommending using the hashtag ignition when you tweet at the SF Diocese. Thank you. If you want to get in contact with us. Unless you just want to tweet at the SF at the Sioux Falls Diocese. You can do that too. Go for it. It will make its way to us eventually, just not quite as quickly. I was just thinking about other dioceses that might have S and F, like Santa Fe or San Francisco, but they're all archdioceses. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether we got the epic Twitter handle. We probably do. Okay. I've got um, the epic Twitter handle for myself, but you are pretty, epic because yeah. you are who? I am Father Andrew Dickinson, and I am the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, administrator of the, no, I'm not the administrator of the Facebook page uh, for that, <laughs> one of the parishioners is, and then uh, I am the director of the Pius XII Newman Center, serving the campus of South Dakota State University. And I, I, I'm surprised, but this is the second in our uh, episode in our recording session, and I still haven't heard what I normally expect you to say next. Go something, go something, go something. Go big, go blue, go jack. That thing. Did I, okay. Yeah. I'm sanguine. I don't really have many traditions that I do. My personality temperament is I'm sanguine. And so I I do it if I do it. If I don't, I don't. I don't. It's just, just, they come and go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am not sanguine. My name is Chris Bergwald. You are not sanguine. <laughs> I'm the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the Diocese of Have Sioux we done Falls. an episode on the temperaments? Uh, Emily Leadham and I uh, did an episode. So on have the we done an episode on the temperaments? Uh, I think the answer to that would therefore be no. Okay. <laughs> can I bring something up? When I finish talking oh. about me, <laughs> okay. you can talk again. Fine, I guess it's all. Well, that's exactly my point that it's all about you. So just. You, you be about you, and then we'll get to my point about the fact that it's all about you. Uh, uh, more importantly than the job that I do for the diocese is I am a husband and father, um, and we'll leave it at that for now. Father, what, what did you want to say? Well, what I wanted to say is that uh, I just noticed that you're called the host, and I'm That's just- pretty much right. Father Andrew Dickinson. <laughs> and so I'm not, I'm not a co-host. I'm not a- Color you- commentator. I'm not a resident <laughs> expert. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just looking for other titles I could have. So I refer to, when you're not here, as you weren't a couple weeks ago. I refer to you as my regular co-host. You are the regular co-host. Regular co-host. Okay. Um, now, here's my question: If I'm the co-host, yeah, wouldn't that make you a co-host as well? It often would. Would, but you know, uh, in this case, no. Okay. Can I be the vice host? I really like color commentator. Color I really like then. that idea yeah. a lot. That that I think I think there's something there for Boom. us. John Madden. <laughs> you, you can be the I can be, you can be the John Madden to my L Michaels. I'll take that. Or Pat Summerall if I want to go really old Ooh, school. Yeah, yeah back then yeah. CBS. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In any case, 
<laughs> this is still ignition. Um, and, and and we do have something to talk about for today. We have a prince of an episode for you. Wait, oh come on, really? Uh, We're talking about good. Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh oh, I thought. Uh, I'm just looking at my like show script really? here, and I think I'm on the same script. <laughs> um, oh, hey, come on. Okay. Come on. Uh, he was referring there to the musician <clears throat> known as Prince. Correct. Whose job description once in a courtroom, uh, uh, what do you call it, deposition, was to say, I hear a groove and I lay it, it down. down. How so, much? That's pretty epic. That is an epic. I mean, if you want to give that as I'm like, I hear a thought and I lay it down. <laughs> it's not quite as good as a groove. No. Give us something else instead. Um, what we're going to be talking about today, though, in this Prince of an episode uh, is is wrapping up. Uh, a little series that we've been doing on the offices of the baptized. Now, we're not talking about corners or suites or cubicles, right? Right, uh, not those sorts of offices. Not those sorts of offices. We're talking about the the different roles that Jesus has that we all participate in because we are baptized in him. Of which we are an official. Exactly. Right. Office. Right. Uh, so, so you are an official prophet. Yeah, yes, literally, I am an official prophet. And you are an official priest. And I am also an official king, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Hail to the king. (laughs) Bow, bow down before the queen of refuse. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you at the end, but I just wasn't quite sure where you're going quite at first. Because you made reference to this in a previous episode. No, no, we it's talk- all my homilies. In a homily of yours, you made ref- reference. I reference the Princess Bride all the time. The it's a great Bride. movie. It is a great. I movie. highly recommend it. I do too. Um, Fun for all ages. What, what I often think of uh, with with the the kingly office that we all participate in, um, C.S. Lewis's Narnia Chronicles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the children, kings and Narnia, queens in Narnia, kings and queens with multiple kings. Yes, two and, kings and two queens at the same time. Yep, exactly. With no fighting. I mean, not much. Well. <laughs> well, actually, you really don't have much. I mean, you have like bickering, but you don't have like clashing and fighting and I want the throne. Right. Although, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't, we, don't, we don't want to make this too much of a Narnia episode. The point is that you we can't are make all, anything too much about Narnia. Uh, um, we are all kings and queens in Christ Jesus because we are baptized in him. Amen. So what we're going to talk about today is is unpacking what that means, what that looks like a little bit. And again, for those of you keeping score at home, you can find out more information by consulting the Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, Articles 908 and following. Uh, it looks particularly there at how the laity participate in Christ's uh, kingly office, the royal office, uh, but it's worth noting that that applies also. And there are other ways as well that we'll speak about where uh, religious and ordained also participate first of all because they're baptized but secondly because of their 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 uh different status within the church also participate in christ's um kingly office or kingly role um so we're gonna what we're gonna do it look um, to unpack this more is look at different stages different ways that we exercise the kingly office that we participate in and the first one begins with where our royalty if you will uh, applies first and foremost father do we say for sure where our royalty comes from uh go ahead well i'm gonna say it comes from baptism right right that all these uh threefold offices uh (laughs) 
priest, prophet, and kingship as well, all come from our baptism, by which we receive a royal adoption of God the Almighty Father and become brother and sisters to uh, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings. Yeah, I think it's a, a very much worth making. How do you become an heir to the throne by being an heir? You, be, you be, become right. The, the, you're born into it. You're born into it yep. exactly. And so we have by our baptism been reborn as sons and daughters of God the Father, um, and and brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, His Son. And therefore, because of that. Um, as a natural consequence and result, we are kings and queens. Right. Thank you for uh, making that point explicitly. Uh, happy to. That's that's good color commentary, Father. Yes. <laughs> that's that's not so good. Good color commentary. No. No. <laughs> so so the first arena, if you will, in which our dominion is exercised, is in ourselves which maybe is contrary to what you may have thought we were going to say, because um, usually dominion is my power over somebody else, my right. authority over somebody else. Uh, but no, when it comes to our kingly status, it's first and foremost to bring the reign of Christ into me before anybody else. And that's the most important. Uh, I mean, you can't have, you can't really exercise dominion over anything exterior to yourself until you've exercised dominion over what's interior to yourself. Right. Whether we're talking about this in a religious sense or in other senses of things, like uh, if you want to exercise uh, governance over uh, your sports team, right? If you're the captain of the baseball right. team, you better have some interior disciplining about yourself in the realm of baseball. Right. Otherwise, it's not going to mean like a hill of difference. Yep. So it has to start with me so that then I can exercise that dominion with others. Right. Um, we, we, we see this then in ourselves when we reject the reign of sin in our lives in favor of the reign of Christ in our lives. Uh, and I know, Father, as we're recording this, um, the, the, the first reading at, at Daily Mass today right. is, is very apropos. Yeah, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom Christ set us free, so stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So, so I think right there you get the idea that w being joined to Christ as king means first and foremost that we have, the way the catechism describes it, a royal freedom. That's not an arbitrary power. It's, it's a freedom by which Jesus sets me free. Right. Uh, and, and Paul, in, in, in that passage from Galatians 5, um, it exhorts us to, to not submit again, as you said, to the yoke of, of slavery. And this goes back again to the notion of freedom for. And I think the royal freedom is one of the best ways to understand this freedom for. Uh, so not just freedom from, uh, but freedom for the sake of the good, of being able to be free to choose the good at any situation. I, I think there, because uh, so freedom from, uh, people often think of, well, to be free means that I'm free from any external oppression or external authority telling me what to do. My parents don't give me a curfew. Exactly. Right. right. And, and, and the point you're making there is that there's a deeper, um, greater sense of freedom, which is freedom sometimes described as for excellence. Correct. So what, what, what is, what is, it's not so much that freedom is, a, is aimed away from something. It's actually aimed towards something. Right. For the sake of what you can do with it, which we'll talk a little bit more about exercising that uh, your kingly dominion uh, in the midst of the world, in the midst of the church. But first, it has to, again, be that interior royal freedom. Right, right. It, it begins in my heart, in my spirit, in my soul. And so in that, there's a need. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind with this is 
that if we, what does it mean to, again, to submit? What does it mean to, again, submit to the yoke of slavery? Right, what does that mean to submit, again, to the yoke of slavery? Uh, how do we counteract or how do we misuse this royal freedom in that right, way? Right, right. So, so choosing, choosing something that's a lesser good instead of a thing that's even greater. Right. And so there's like a great biblical example of this is Esau, who's the uh, grandson of Abraham, the son of Isaac in the Old Testament, who sells his birthright to his brother for... A bowl of pottage. A bowl of pottage. Pottage. What's pottage? I, I think of oatmeal, but I don't think it is. <laughs> well, it mentions lentils. <laughs> right. It's some sort of like grain dish yeah, or something like that. And it's red. Yeah, basically, like for one meal, he sells his entire birthright. Right, right. And so, don't be Esau. And that's all sin in some ways is a temptation for you to give up the royal freedom you have as a son of God and to submit yourself to slavery again to the senses, the slavery of the immediate, the slavery of the moment. Uh, that I would rather, rather than serve God in freedom as his king, I will choose to enslave myself to this appetite which speaks up within me at this moment. Yeah, I think it's worth noting there that every time we sin, we're choosing something um, which is in some way good. I mean, it's truly, a, right. it is a good, but, right. but it's a sin because we're choosing instead of something which is a greater good, which, which is we a better. ought to be doing, which is better. Yeah. We're giving up the lesser instead of the better. Yeah. For the sake of the better, whatever. Um, so that, that need to um, tame our desires right. to bring that to order to properly order the passions, which is what we call asceticism, right? Uh, there has to be some ascetical discipline in our Christian life in that way. And that does go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No. That doesn't mean necessarily. I mean, doesn't require hair shirts and you know, literally when we think of like John the Baptist style right. out um, grass, only locusts and honey, exactly. Um, but but that in in our daily life that we are bringing our passions into proper order, right? There's actually a fascinating book about the connection between this interior royal freedom and the exterior kingly office that we're about to talk about. It's uh, Romano Guardini's The End of the World, mm. End of the Modern World. Right. Have you ever read that? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. Okay, we should talk about that off air sometime. Okay, sounds good. And then maybe on air sometime. <laughs> In that order. Yeah, okay, that'd be good. So we don't have to like submit our listeners of ignition into like hearing about things we haven't prepared to talk about. Yeah, because that never happens. No, that never happens here in ignition. Which is a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. Uh, with Dr. Chris Bergwald, That's your me. host, and Father Andrew Dickinson. Color commentary. Color commentary. Uh, if you ever have questions about what we talk about today, we're talking about the kingly office, the catechism paragraphs 908 and following. If you have questions on this topic, suggestions for future topics, always make sure to email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or to tweet at us, the Twitter handle sfdiocese, with the hashtag ignition. So, as, as you said, we're talking about the kingly office. So this would be a good transition, as you were saying, with uh, Romano Guardini's uh, book, The End of the Modern World, End of the World. Um, end of the, mod end of the modern, modern world. world. Yes, yep, yep. Yep. Um, so what, we begin internally, interiorly with that royal freedom, but then that translates or ought to translate into the world around us. Uh, and Father, I was, as we were preparing for this, um, this episode. Uh, you the, shocked me. <laughs> by referring to the Bible? Yes. <laughs> the listeners are still not surprised by this, Dr. Berg. Well, they know by now that oh, like my go. forte oh, my. <laughs> is like the quoting of scriptures and yours is not. 
So a brilliant move by Dr. Bergwald this way. Thank you, Father Dickinson. Uh, <laughs> the, the passage that came to my mind, like a bolt out of the blue, because it never happens, is Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses uh, 3 through 6. This is a, a, a passage, by the way, that, that I literally, well, not literally, stumbled with my feet. I literally happened upon um, uh, in the year after my reversion. So the first year when I was a neophyte, if you will, in, in uh, my faith. Uh, not literally, but that's another story. So uh, this past, I, I happened upon this, and I, I've always been taken by the language because I love the imagery. So this is what this is what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. You're so bellicose, and I am in his second letter to them. For though we live in the world, we are not carrying on a worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your when your obedience is complete. I love that. Yeah. We just, um the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And what I love about that, um, the reason, one reason it's always struck me um, is because it gets at what we're talking about today with the kingly office. We take everything that is good, everything that is true, everything that is beautiful, we take, uh, if you will, in the name of Jesus Christ because he's already present in it. Insofar as he, uh, insofar it's true, good or beautiful, it's already God's anyway, and we are simply laying claim to it in His name and on His behalf, and that's what we're called to do as sons and daughters, kings and queens in Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, so, so we 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 started by talking about how we overthrow the reign of sin in our hearts, and then that they also were called to overthrow the reign of sin in the world, not in our own name, but in the name of Jesus. Um, what do you think? Yeah, it's tough because in our relativistic kind of polite culture, we don't think that we should interact or put our nose in someone else's business. Right. But you actually have a baptized mission uh, to take part in this. From God. From God. You're on a mission from God. From God. And uh, uh, which would mean you probably would blow up that movie, The Blues Brothers, which you were just (laughs) quoting. But... uh, yeah, and, and this is a fulfillment of what was laid out to us in creation in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, this idea that we're supposed to have dominion over the earth and the creatures of the earth and to cultivate it. Right. And so uh, this cultivation of the earth, this stewardship of the earth, isn't just an environmental type concern of making sure that we recycle, hey, very nice, uh, but also that we tend to the spiritual environment of the world in which we live in. So what does that look like? I love using uh, the analogy of the difference between thermostats and thermometers. We've used this before, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Right. So a, a thermometer just conforms itself to the environment in which it's in. If it's 68 degrees in here and you take it outside and it's 40 degrees, well, it just changes. A thermostat measures the environment and then enacts a change to get it where it should be. Yep. And And so that's part of this kingly office. So if your workplace or your sports team or whatever... Uh, is a place where like, the name of God is used in vain or people speak badly about uh, women or minorities or something like that. You have a duty 
not just to scoff at them, not just to play along, not to fall to their level, um, but you have a duty to correct them in that moment. Right. And you have been empowered to do so. By the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, if you're in the state of grace, which hopefully you are, and you're maintaining that, God's power is in you to do that in that moment. Yep, yep. So it's not like, you know, so we're given these responsibilities, kings, we're given this responsibility, queens, this responsibility to do these things. We are, but we're given the grace, the strength, the power, the spirit himself to do them. You got the touch. Exactly. You, you got the power. You you you, you yep. got the power. Yep. Um, well, I, I mean, Jesus does, but he's living in you. And he's sharing it with you. For precisely this moment, for precisely this way is to do this sort of thing. And this goes back to what we were, we were talking about um, in, in a previous episode about angels, how God mm-hmm. delights mm-hmm. to to involve mm-hmm. angels mm-hmm. in his work. Yep. He delights to involve us in his work. Right. So he gives us this kingly power and authority in his son to do these things. Yeah, and so uh, take up the answer. And, and I think you'll find your Christian life to be more fulfilling, more meaningful, more life-giving, if you're taking part of this kingly office in your life. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and th- there's along these lines in the catechism, uh, this is a 912, it's actually quoting from the Second Vatican Council, uh, the document Lumen Gentium, Light of the Nations, which is referring to Jesus himself, uh, but, but it, referring to our role to, to take every thought, everything captive in Christ Jesus. The church teaches in every temporal affair, so that's everything we do in our daily lives, in every temple affair, they, the, we the faithful, are to be guided by a Christian conscience, since no human activity, even of the temporal order, can be withdrawn from God's dominion. Right. There's so, no bubble. There's, there's no, this, is, this, is, this is mine, just mine, or ours, just ours, and God has no place. No, it's all his. Right. So he calls mm. us to exercise dominion, but, but really that's just to claim, that, claim in name what is already his in fact. Okay, huge rabbit hole. Uh, go. So the American notion that we have a separation of church and state. Right. Right. What do you mean by right? Um, so it, it's, <laughs> what's your question, Father? Well, how, how does the, so this passage from the catechism here that in every temporal affair, Christians will be guided by the Christian conscience since no human activity, even of the temporal order, can be withdrawn from God's dominion. But the church would say that she does not have juridical authority over everything. Very good. But every Christian then should remember that uh, what they are doing, even though it's a temporal thing and maybe not under the auspices of the church, air quotes, uh you can yeah. see my air quotes, listeners. But they're there. But they're there. That I am air quoting fierce. Uh, even though you might, you know, our society might view the action as being outside God's dominion, nothing is outside God's dominion. Right, right. And this is where, especially the laity have a unique role because we live in the world in a way that the ordained do not. No, yeah, yeah. I can't sneak around. <laughs> as much as people might try to like, like accuse me of sneaking, Right. Like, I, I can't sneak around. Right. Right, which is so. The beauty of your witness is that you mm. can be a rallying point. Right, there you there, there there's there's the priest. Follow him. You're, you you don't love him. No, 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 no. I I like it. I like. It. I was just thinking of of kind of the opposite of it too. Yeah, but. it's like like when the persecution comes, and I'll be the lynch point. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. That's, As in lynch mob. to be you. Um, mm. So there's your. But our role can can be to sneak behind enemy lines. Yeah. And to do, you are to the do spies. what you can't do. Spy versus spy. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. So, so, so to bring everything again, um, every, every, every temporal activity, um, to bring it into conformity with the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, you have a duty to bring it into conformity, but it's, even if you don't, it's still not outside his dominion, right. his lordship, and you'll be judged. Like things like the separation of church and state will not be like a way that you can get out of the final judgment. Right. Well, you see, God, this was under the separation of church and state. And so, uh, you can't really judge me on that. <laughs> That's the, now, uh, don't, don't see how well that works out for you. Uh, please. I feel like some politicians might think they could do it. They might. Anyways. So the final area within the church itself, then yes. um, all of us have mm-hmm. some kingly authority, and kingly responsibility. We do say more about that. So uh, within the church, then just that idea of, of governing, of deciding, of exercising his authority. Uh, so there's like an explicit way that the ordained exercise that. So uh, the Pope is a legislator, right? Right. So he makes laws and a bishop is a legislator as well, making local laws right. and applying the universal laws of the Pope. Uh, a priest is charged with applying those laws in a juridical sense to his parish, uh, and he's accountable for how he does right. or doesn't apply those laws. Uh, and then the lay faithful themselves uh, cooperate with this in uh, their service to the church. And so this is something that is spelled out in the catechism, it's spelled out in canon law, yeah. that all of the faithful has some rights some, and some responsibilities for the building up of the church. Right. Uh, and so the for the lay faithful... Uh, so even those that aren't ordained, who may not be considered like part of the church sometimes, who may not, I used air quotes again, but they were hidden by my laptop, so Dr. Bergwell couldn't see them. I saw them from the corner of my eye. Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, so anyone who's baptized among the Christian faithful then has a true equality regarding their dignity and action by which they're all supposed to cooperate in the building up of the body of Christ uh, according to your condition and function. So your role in building up the body of Christ, Dr. Bergwall, is different than mine, right. is different than my mom's, is different than uh, someone else. Right. Yeah, someone who's listening right now as they drive on uh, 26th Street uh, in Sioux Falls. Yes. Yeah. So we all have different roles to play um, within the church, but we're all called to do that. That's Cinnamon, caramel, dinner... Different roles. Oh, jeez. Huh? You, yes, you are right. Yeah. But we all have to play these within the church right. in that way. Right. And like, you know, some more like interesting ones would be like the role of like exorcism. Yep. The kingly authority of Jesus yep. Christ in that way. Uh, but uh, that'd be a whole nother topic. Uh, yeah, we don't have time for that. No. We have 20 seconds. No, no, I just had to bring that up though. It's like a little teaser for future that, episodes. That is an office within the church. It is. Um, and certainly an exercise of Christ's kingly power. Yep. It's something that is officially delegated by a bishop. To do. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Um, pray on how you are called to exercise yeah. your kingly, pri- priestly, and prophetic status in Jesus Christ. And until next time, dear listeners, may all my... Uh, oh! your you, you're usurping my office. I'm usurping your office. Email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Tweet at us, sfdiocese, hashtag ignition with any questions or ideas for future episodes. And from the priestly office, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition podcast in the iTunes store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.